Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, so good. Uh, so I'm back. I'm back. Um, today is, say it with me, Friday, Woo uh, November 11th. So it's 11, 11, 22. That feels significant, doesn't it? Uh, magical, the seed in the soil, double, double. So, yes, um, what a ragged schedule I've had the last couple of weeks. And it's not going to be good <laughs> for a while. Next week, I should be able to do my four podcasts regular week. Week after that, American Thanksgiving. I'll probably do Monday and Tuesday. Maybe not Tuesday, because I have to pack up to leave on Tuesday. And then I'll be with family. And the week after that, on writing retreat, where I think we will probably do no podcasts. I still need to ask about social media on that. All right. I made a note to actually email the group and ask. So, um, here I am. And what do I have to say? I'm sure my podcast on Tuesday was a little bit raggedy. Um, I was I was tired. And yesterday I took, um, Kelly and I went to Ryder Coffee, and then I took her down to the airport in Albuquerque, and uh, she, um, and then I came home, and I thought about writing, but I was so tired. It was like once she was gone, um, I just totally, oh. Uh, super fun to have her here. Super fun. We basically spent a intense week in each other's company. We were together almost all the time, rooming together at World Fantasy, um, being together um, a whole lot there, touring around. And then when she was visiting here, staying at my house and, you know, apart writing and that sort of thing, but otherwise together a whole lot. So when I dropped her off at the airport, she was like, well, we spent an entire week together and we still like each other. I still like you and you still like me. So it's good. You know, that's like the intense test of a friendship. So it was delightful. We had um, a great time. It was very low key. Uh, yeah, like Monday, we really hung out and recovered. And I went through a bunch of business. Tuesday, we she, she knows my schedule. So I wrote in the morning and she was doing some brainstorming, working on the novel that she's going to be spinning up. And then we would go do things. On Tuesday, we went up and did the Georgia O'Keeffe Home and Studio Tour. So I'll post a photo of that. Uh, always inspirational. Um, and I could talk about that a little bit. I know I've talked about it on other occasions, um, other podcasts when I've gone. I think this was my fourth time on the tour and it's um it, it, I was I'm, I always feel a little bit of trepidation because I hope that I don't oversell it to my friends when I say we have to go do this and you will love it but um yeah Kelly was incredibly inspired by it there's just something about being in this place which is a beautiful beautiful place it's why Georgia O'Keeffe picked it um but then also seeing how she set up this house that she bought when she was um, 
tried to start buying when she was in her 50s, like my age, and then uh, lived in until, you know, a couple of years before her death in her late 90s, and how she set up this house to be an artist, to have her ideal existence. And, and it's really important to remember that in this house, and it's a compound, it's a series of indoor and outdoor spaces, which is compelling too. Uh, and all of them just with this vibrant aesthetic, it's just a place that is soothing to the artistic senses. Uh, not my aesthetic, which Kelly calls boho. <laughs> which I think is, and I was like, well, well, what is that? And we look, so I said, well, what exactly does boho mean? Because that didn't sound like something I wanted to be. And so we actually looked it up and she explained to me her definition, which I don't recall, but um, it says socially unconventional in a way regarded as characteristic of creative artists, bohemian, uh, also eclectic. Uh, so those of you on video, you could see my background. I suppose that's true. You know, for me, it's just, I like what I like. Um, so, so yeah, um, the thing that Kelly took away from seeing the house was just how a woman sets up her life when she's pleasing only herself. And uh, Kelly comes at things from a different lens than I do because, you know, she's a lesbian. She's married to another woman. Uh, she's, you know, like been in a relationship with men. I found out actually two men very, very, very long ago. But she's very much about what a woman's life is like. Uh, it disconnected from a man's. And it gives me insight. Um, we had a lot of great conversations while she was here talking about uh, art and life and writing and sex and all of the things. We went out to lunch at, um, well, at Abiquiuin. Uh Maybe I'll post that picture. The colors, the fall colors were shockingly beautiful. So it was just ideal. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we worked in the morning and then we went out to lunch and a building caught on fire <laughs> next to the restaurant. Um, it was a good distance away. It wasn't um, so close as to be frightening, but it was, um, it went up really fast. It was really shocking to see. So we did those things. Um, she also, <laughs> because she loves me, she had me take her on a Taylor Swift video tour uh, because she's never really paid a lot of attention to Taylor Swift and I had the CD for Midnight's in the JAG uh, when Kelly and I rode home from the airport. I'd left it at the airport and uh, left the car at the airport, parked it there. So when we flew back from New Orleans, we you know, rode home together in the car and I had the CD in there and we just left it in there the whole few days that she was here. And so she became very familiar with the Midnight's album and loves it because she has excellent taste. And, and she said, well, and that she wanted to see like the Taylor Swift videos for me to show her. So I, I took her through them. I gave her the tour. 
um, starting with the Tim McGraw video from the very beginning. And it was funny because Kelly was cooking dinner for us, which was lovely of her. She made this delicious leek and onion soup. Um, and she heard me queuing it up and she goes, uh-oh, country western? And I'm like, yes, they started as country western and we don't have to watch all of them, but you have to see the foundations. And it was interesting because I just showed her from um, the Taylor Swift eponymous album. Sorry for those of you who are not Swifties out there. Uh, I just showed her two. I showed her Tim McGraw and our song. And for those of you who have taken workshops from me, when I talk about voice, our song is a song, uh, one of the examples that I use because I had heard our song in passing here and there on the radio. However, I don't know how I heard it because I don't listen to country Western radio and it's very twangy. It's very country Western. And, um, but I liked the song anyway. And I was like, it's so strange that I like this song. Why do I like this country Western song? And it was only many, many years later that I found out that it was Taylor Swift. And it's because of voice. And that's the integral takeaway on voice is that it is that artistic expression that is recognizable regardless of genre. It is the, the core. Um, if you've been listening a long time, you know that I talk about voice as being an expression of your core beliefs. Who you truly are comes out in your voice. Um, with Taylor Swift writing her own songs, that voice comes through. And there are things about our song that are instantly recognizable later. Uh, same with Tim McGraw. Uh, you know, it's funny because when she says in the lyrics of Tim McGraw, she says, um, you know, I hope you think, I hope you remember that little black dress, right? And the song is not about Tim McGraw. For those of you who are not Swifties, uh, she says, when you think Tim McGraw, I hope you think of me. I, I hope when you think of Tim McGraw, I hope you think my favorite song. Um, but that the little black dress, that image echoes up all through the years. So, um, so yeah, it was fun showing her all the videos and getting to geek out on the fandom and getting to see her appreciation. So, uh, so yeah, that was great. It was a good visit. Um, I got home and didn't realize like that I had like still been on, um, still keeping going. She flew off to WindyCon to be guest of honor along with her wife, Alex, Stella Monica there. So I'm kind of, um, grateful that I am not off doing another con this weekend. I imagine she will crash next week. So yesterday I came home, was tired, and I dealt into SIPWA email, which I had not checked for a week. And I had 163 emails. <laughs> there was a reason I wasn't checking my email. But I got through it all. We had a board meeting yesterday afternoon. I am like back in, back in my good place on, on SIPWA stuff. So that's satisfying. Um, yeah, the novella, the novella is kind of done. I am not going to give it happy dance doneness. It's, um, I've got 28,000 words on it longer than I projected, as you all know. 
and I have gone through the end. I think the ending may be a little abrupt. It may need an epilogue. It may need a little bit more to the ending. Um, one thing I'm curious about, for those of you who are fans of Twelve Kingdoms, Uncharted Realms, Heirs of Magic, all of this. So obviously this novella, The Long Night of the Radiant Star, is um, Jack and Stella's wedding taking place on the Feast of Murano. And I'm putting it out as like a midwinter holiday fantasy romance, right? So if you've been listening a while, you know that a lot of things happened <laughs> that I didn't expect to happen in this book. And so really the wedding doesn't happen till the end. Now, knowing that I have written detailed descriptions of the actual midwinter holiday of the Feast of Murano um, in The Snows of Windroven, and in The Long Night of the Crystalline Moon. Do you feel like I need to have the full Feast of Murano celebration in this story? Would you expect that as a reader? Or is it enough to have the wedding and know that, knowing that the feast ensues? I am interested in your feedback. Please let me know. Will you feel cheated if you don't get that? That might be another way to put that. Um, so now today I'm going to start revising. I'm going to go back and revise from the beginning. We'll see how long it takes me. I may end up cutting. <laughs> I did a blog post yesterday on how to avoid writing repetitive scenes. And now I'm starting to think, do I write repetitive scenes? <laughs> um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you can overanalyze these things. So uh, yeah, I'm going to revise from the beginning, see how it is. I may work on it this weekend. I really want to get started on the Bandits book. And I feel like I'm ready. I did watch it with Kelly. Uh, I don't think I told you all that because I had told her that um, what the concept was and she was all excited. So she's been helping me brainstorm it. Um, and so has Jennifer Estep. So that's been really fun. Brainstorming books is fun for me. I don't pre-plot well, but it's great to hear them kind of riff on the ideas. So I did buy the movie, so I'm going to go back through and beat by beat do the movie. There's a huge thing I have to figure out, like what would be my fantasy world correlate for this movie, uh, for a huge theme in this movie. I've got a couple of ideas, but I feel like there's like the perfect answer is floating, like right, right there, and I could just grab it. Maybe I have to start writing to get it. We'll see. So, so yeah, we'll see. I really want to knock this novella out so that I can focus on that. Um, I am sorry that I am not telling you what movie it is. The reason I am not is because I don't want that to affect your perception of the book when you read it. So I might tell you afterwards, after it's been out for a little while. Um, maybe I'll just tell like newsletter subscribers or people in Jeffy's closet on Facebook. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out something. I'll tell you eventually. Maybe we'll have a contest and you could see if you can guess what movie it is. That would be entertaining. But no, I'm not going to tell you ahead of time. Uh, yeah. Sorry. So... I'm seeing my orchid is looking a little wilted. I need to water. I'll go grab some ice cubes since I'm not Hawaii. <laughs> That's an old joke. Um, 
yeah so i really want to get these things going uh i worry about not getting any writing done on writing retreat <laughs> so yeah back into the groove my usual ramping back up again I know a lot of you out there are doing NaNoWriMo and that you found the stuff I posted um, at the beginning of November on NaNoWriMo really helpful. That's great. Um, a lot of people commented on how it's an earth shattering idea of ramping up slowly as opposed to like trying to get those, you know, 1667 on the first day. And that's what I'm doing when I come back from like not working from you know, conferencing and socializing and all of that is I, I take it easy and I ramp up slowly. So I'm hoping to um, continue the training through the holidays, right? Through U.S. Thanksgiving and then through all the Christmas stuff. So, yeah, I don't know if I have um, certainly no other thoughts in my head. Well, maybe one small one, um, because Kelly came to write her coffee with me yesterday and Kelly was making notes and thinking about uh, a talk she has to give at WindyCon as guest of honor. And we were talking about the concept. And again, it was fun. Um, Emily Ma was there and she gave a great insight. And Kelly and I talked about it more in the car. And Kelly observed, she said, you know, you and I think well together. And it's true, we do. Um, riffing on the books, thinking about how things in the community work. It was um, it was a great conversation ongoing the whole week. And again, you know, like back to these things that um, you can't do with, it doesn't work as well online. You can do it online, but oh, I still feel like one of the great takeaways of the pandemic and coming out of pandemic is realizing how important it is to have in-person conversations. So, um, but it's also important to get our work done. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to devote myself to that. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And uh, yeah, I will talk to you all on Monday. I promise. You all take care. Bye-bye.